When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Tap and Go, your special Lions podcast. My name's Matt Southcombe and I'll be your host today, but hopefully you won't be hearing too much from me. I'll be joined on the podcast today by the Irish Mirror's Michael Scully, but first up, we'll be speaking to the Mirror's Alex Spink and Wales Online Simon Thomas. Just to fill you in before we get into those chats since we last spoke, in the last week the Lions have lost to the Blues in Auckland, they've beaten the Crusaders in a gutsy victory, and they've just lost this morning to the Highlanders in a thriller in Dunedin. Now Alex and Simon had a chat earlier in the week before the Highlanders game and here's what they had to say. Well hello this is Simon Thomas uh, here speaking here in Dunedin way down in the South Island of New Zealand ahead of the fourth game of the Lions Tour against the Highlanders and I'm joined here by Alex Pink of the Daily Mirror. Alex another city, another hotel, another game. It's coming thick and fast now isn't it? It is and uh, isn't it nice that the weather's been so uh, fantastically uh, temperate at the moment it, it kind of matches the mood of the Lions after the game in Christchurch which was uh, just such a significant victory for the momentum of the tour and the and the mood of the tour because uh, going into it you know the bookies were taking bets on the Lions winning not winning another game in the series and there was just that kind of feeling that things weren't going the way we wanted it to go and the mood's been turned around the momentum is back in there and they they go into this Highlanders game full of hope that was a great occasion, I thought, in Christchurch. Not just the result, but the whole atmosphere there. You had the, the Crusaders on horseback going around. It was the first time I'd seen that in the flesh. And there was also a real sense of the Lions' uh, supporters arriving in town. Mm. A lot of them there making their presence known. Sam Warburton said yesterday, didn't he? He was quite surprised. He was hearing Welsh and Irish songs being sung before the game as he was there on the sidelines. And you heard uh, Bread of Heaven being sung as Owen Farrell's lining up a uh, kick yeah, and goal. Yeah, yeah. And um, Swing Low Sweet Chariot as Conor Murray was kicking the Crusaders into submission. I suppose that's really what the, the Lions is all about. Four nations coming together on and off the field. And it does make a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think there's no, <clears throat> there's no doubt that so far they've done a terrific job in getting it right off the field. Um, the mood of the squad seems to be um, really very positive at the moment. Now, admittedly, we haven't reached the point yet where they start splitting things slightly between the, the midweek team and the test team. Everyone, all 41, are still thinking they've got chances. And that's a, that's a triumph for management. Um, but now they've got to concentrate on the field. They've got three games until the, the first test at Eden Park on Saturday week. They need to get these combinations right. We've got, I think, a pretty good idea of some of them now just beginning to emerge. I thought the the Crusaders game, the performance against the Crusaders, threw up a few likely lads. I like the look of uh, Murray and Farrell, 9 and 10. Um, Wynne Jones and, and George Cruz at second row forward, they look terrific. Should Sam Warburton not be fit, then I think Sean O'Brien is a ready-made replacement. To- Toby Tolupi Falatau looking excellent at eight. So, you know, all these guys are, have really put their hand up in a big way. And I, and I think Gatlin feels that he's got the spine of the team in place already. It's interesting that you've gone through a load of names and they're all in the pack and the half-packs. It does seem to me, if you look now where we are, that if there are positions up for grabs, it's more so the outside backs, would you agree with I that? I do. I, th- I think that's absolutely right. 
Um, I also think, of course, that the way that the Lions have worked out they need to play is by keeping it tight, mm. is by having that game control at 9 and 10, kicking, uh, contestable kicks, being, being on top of the whole thing. And so we are looking at 8, 9, 10, 12, and the tight five as a kind of the, the business the business part of this team at the moment. Um, now, whether it's going to emerge that the outside backs are going to be massively relevant other than just to field the, the kicks that are be going to be coming their way it will be interesting to see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of wet ball on this on this tour because all the games are played at night. This game tomorrow is, is obviously the, the one difference to that because it's, it's played indoors. But a lot of the games played outdoors. So... The Lions aren't going to be too expansive. I think they're looking at their, their full-back and wings and thinking much of a muchness at the moment. Nobody's really put their hand up, I don't think, uh, in any of those positions. You touched on Sam Warburton there. Obviously, I think the, f- the stats are he's at 67 minutes in 10 weeks mm. and it's 11 or 12 days away from the first test against the All Blocks. Now, he was very honest, wasn't he, when he just spoke yesterday about, I might not be ready, he said. Mm. For the, and I'll be brutally honest with... Uh, with Warren, perfectly honest with him, and I'll, t- I'll tell him if I don't feel ready. Do you think it is too much of an ask for him to go into that first test as relatively undercooked as he's going to be? Do you know, I, I, I do, as things stand. Now, that could be... Um, our moods could be changed by what we see tomorrow night. You know, he might have a blinder tomorrow night, but the facts are, as you've said, he's played relatively few minutes, uh, which means his body won't be mm-hmm. conditioned to the rigours of test rugby in the way that he wants it to be. Um, and I think he did make the point as well that it's not all about the first test, um, you know, in Lions Tours. As much as everyone will tell you, if you don't win the first test, you've got little chance of winning the series. I think he has to look at the bigger picture. If he's not quite ready, he needs to play as much time in the next three games as he can to make sure perhaps he's ready for the second test if need be. You know, they didn't have him on the weekend. Alan Wynne-Jones did a, did a terrific job leading the side. Um, and I think with the form of O'Brien, there is no reason to rush Sam back if he's not ready. We all want him yeah. back because he's, he's a he's a lovely guy and a terrific player but there's no point rushing him back if he's undercooked. And he's philosophical enough to know from experience what Lions Test Series can be like. Second test, I think it was in Melbourne wasn't it, in Australia four years ago, had arguably one of the games of his career. Just before the end he tears yeah. his hamstring yeah. and then he misses the, the final test series. Lots of things can happen. He knows that um, game time in that test series important game time could come in the first second or third he could be off the bench or starting mm. and there is this mantra isn't there which Alan Wynne-Jones was the first one to really hit upon he said it's not about the 15 it's not about the 23 it's about the 41 and you could see that couldn't you in Christchurch the way all the non-playing members of the squad were there on the sidelines um, celebrating and congratulating now there is a, a danger isn't there when you do eventually inevitably split as you said into midweek and test team and it's difficult sometimes keeping the harmony together. But at the moment, this looks a very united squad. And yeah. I think and this, this weekend, this midweek game, of course, is a big one in the sense that those players who might just be starting to think, I'm not in that test shake-up. It's, it's really, for some of them, maybe the last chance to force their way in. I think that's probably right. But, you know, the, the selfless streak in, in this squad is, is, is very notable. Um, you know, even the stars of the squad, you talk to, you know, the Owen Farrells and the, and the, the Conor Murrays, and they, it's not about them. It's not about them. They talk about going to training and, and giving, every, giving of themselves in every way and taking in from everyone else. And it's about the buy-in of the squad. 
improving the shirt and a lot of it's pretty corny frankly to, for those of us on the outside but there is a great truth to it as well and the great truth is that is that 15s don't win these series squads win them uh, and if they've got a united squad um, the sum of their parts will be an awful lot greater and that gives them the best chance possible so they've got to stick to that mantra and they've got to believe in it Simon um, and, and as things stand at the moment you know you still you still give them probably not too much more than a puncher's chance in this series but you know, heck, that's probably more than we thought the week ago. Mm, just a little look at the Highlanders. I was looking at their stats this morning, and um, they've won ten out of fourteen, um, which is better than the Blues, who beat the uh, the Lions. And they're missing a few of the bigger uh, players for this game, but it's going to be quite an intense atmosphere under the roof. And you do get the sense again every opposition that comes up here, they're all saying it's the game of their lives. So yeah. it'll be another test, won't it? It will be, but I, I get the impression now, following what we saw. Uh, in Christchurch the other night that it's now about the Lions if the Lions can put their game on the part that they want if they can impose that style of play that, that brand of rugby that, that the template that tight template which served them so well at the at the AMI stadium the other night then I don't think it really matters too much what the Hurricanes bring because I think the Lions should be good enough now and cohesive enough to be able to cope with a, with a decent franchise team mm. the Crusaders were the best of the lot they'd won every game this season um, so in terms of quality across the piece, the Highlanders aren't going to be any better than that. It's a case of whether the Lions can be as accurate as they were on the weekend. As the name suggests with Highlanders, this is the most Scottish of all uh, cities in New Zealand. This is where the, uh, the settlers came to Otago Harbour back in the 1840s. You see, I've been doing my history research. Well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> and the streets, you walk down Princess Street, you walk down George Street, Cumberland Street. It, it's got that Scottish feel to it. After the Crusaders game, uh, we hear that Greg Laidlaw, led the squad in Highland Cathedral. It would be nice in this, uh, as I say, Scottish city, if that was the most appropriate celebration song. Will, you hear, will we be hearing another celebration song? Well, I think we should be. I mean, you know, if, if, the Lions, if the Lions drop this one tomorrow, you know, they've got a good team out, if they drop this one tomorrow, then it's going to be a concern because they would have, a lot of the ground that they made up, a lot of the positives um, from the weekend um, would have gone to waste. So they, they really, really need to work on the momentum. Just stay confident. Stay in the systems that they're, that they're working. Don't try to be clever. Don't try to suddenly become ambitious, built on a little bit of confidence from the weekend. Stick to what they know and just keep polishing that, make that better and better. And I, and I think if they do that and if they win this game, then, then we go up to, to Rotorua and the, the New Zealand Maori, which is you know, the, the, the fourth test as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, the, and they, they will go to that in good heart. Yeah, the gauntlet's been thrown down, isn't it? Not just to New Zealand rugby, but to the next group of Lions to take the field and let's hope they can take the baton on and keep this momentum going because uh, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely right. Lovely. Uh, well, we'll speak to you again next week and uh, all the best from Dunedin. So there's what Alex and Simon made of it. Obviously, they're following the Lions up and down New Zealand at the moment, heading back north now for this weekend's game against the Maori. Uh, looking backwards on the Highlanders game, I, I was interested to find out what Michael Scully thought of the Lions' record. It's two wins, two defeats. People are not used to this now, having had so much success in Australia. There's a few doom-mongers out there saying that this is concerning. There's also others saying that there's, there's becoming a, a noticeable split in the camp now. You've got your test team and you've got your midweek team. Despite what they might keep saying, Warren Gatlin, I see Dan Bigger saying, now there's no team B and no team A. It's all, still all for one, one for all. But it's still, regardless of all that, does look as though there is a test team beginning to form. Here's the chat I had with the Irish Mirror's Michael Scully earlier today. So, Michael, thanks for joining us on the Tap and Go podcast. Um, 
Another defeat for the Lions this morning. Um, is it concerning now? That's the second one of the tour in the midweek matches. Or, or is that just going to show the size of the challenge uh, that they're facing out on this tour? I think after four games, Matt, it's shown that um, already there's a little bit of a split in the in the in the travelling party, and I don't mean that in, the, in a bad way. But what I mean is, I think we're we're really seeing the formation of the of the test squad and the the midweek side already. Um, because uh, when you compare the intensity and the quality that we saw uh, against the Crusaders on Saturday in Christchurch to what we saw in Dunedin today, uh, I think there's a, there's a massive difference. And I think already in Warren Gatlin's mind, he'll be forming his squad on be one or two maybe who'll come from, from what we saw uh, against the Highlanders, but the, the core group will be from what we saw in, uh, on Saturday in Christchurch. Mm, I know they, they're always keen... Um every media conference now it seems like they're keen to push out this message about it being about the, the 41 players or the 40 players as it is now um, but but I think I, I agree with you there is definitely you can see a split in there um, I want to talk a little bit about Robbie Henshaw first off because I kind of feel like he's been he's been caught in in the not the wrong team but I think he's found himself in that midweek team I don't think it's doing his test chances any good would you go along yeah, with that? Yeah, I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, there's probably a few players who, who find themselves in that situation every tour where you, you just kind of find yourself on the wrong side of things and you're you're playing with guys who aren't quite at that level. Um, and, and when that happens, maybe you can't showcase your, your game quite as, yeah. as well as you'd like. It, it's been frustrating for him so far, looking at, looking at his performances. He's... He hasn't done anything wrong, certainly, uh, but he, he hasn't had a chance to, to shine and show what he can do. Yeah. And uh, it's tough. I, I think it was tough for him uh, in, in the midfield um, against the Highlanders. I, I think um, Jonathan Joseph, for all his, his excellent attacking play and scoring to try, I think defensively he was caught out a few times and it reflects badly on, on the back line and on the centre partnership in particular. Mm. I think particularly from him, how, how frustrating will he be with things at the moment? Because one partnership I really want to see in that midfield is himself and Jonathan Davis but you look at the fixtures coming up now and as you mentioned you've got the, the kind of see the two teams there and I don't think we're going to see that combination Yeah you're right it's a, it's a shame you know it's it's just the way it's working out now because just with the, with the games coming so, so thick and fast these guys just can't play 80 minutes uh, every 4 or 5 days it's just uh, it's impossible and Warren has to has to kind of get his combinations going, his test combinations working out, and already we're seeing is the debate is you know is it, is it going to be Ben Teo or is, is it going to be Owen Farrell at centre, um, at, at at inside centre, or is it going to be uh, if Jonathan Sexton is, is at out half, or is if Owen starts at out half, which looks like it's going to be the case, is Ben Teo going to be in a twelve and. You know, Robbie mightn't even make the bench at that stage because mm. Johnny Sexton might be on the bench. That's the way it's certainly looking to me at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's it must be mightily frustrating. He's a very level-headed young lad, so um, you know he'll he'll realise as well. I think it's his first it's his first tour with the Lions, and um, he just have to bide his time. Of course, we're we're still pretty early into things, and you know injuries do happen and. Who knows what will happen? He, he he could end up being the star of the show um, by the third test. Who knows? But right now, it looks like he's been slightly eased out of, of test contention, which is a shame. 
Mm. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about the um, the halfbacks then. It seems to be a real competitive sort of two positions that does. I think there, there are players laying down markers and then there are players trying to follow that up. I'm talking about sort of Conor Murray saying to Reese Webb, this is my setting his stall out. Reese Webb following that up with a, with a pretty good performance again today. You see similar things with Dan, Dan Bigger responding to the former for and Farrell. I think Sexton played a little bit better than he did um, in his first outing. So how, how do you see the sort of nine and ten battles going at the moment? Yeah, I think that is that is looking very positive. Actually, yeah, I think they are. They do. They do seem to be uh, bringing each other along right now with, with that competition. Reese Webb definitely had a better game today. Uh, we saw a lot more uh, of his of his attacking now in terms of uh, little little runs here and there. And he was he was breaking the game line. It was great to see, um, which is which is really his game. And, and I don't think we saw that in his first outing. Uh, and and it was it looked like a natural response, right, to to the way Connor played on Saturday. I thought he was excellent mm. for the most part, and, and he hasn't had much game time recently. So uh, it's good to see him near his best again. Um, uh, I think I just do think in terms of his kicking, uh, his box kicking, uh, that you know he he can control a game just by that. Almost, uh, he's he's very good at setting the tempo, and I I and his physicality as well. Is important will be important against the All Blacks, so I can't see him being dislodged right now. But uh, certainly, if Reese continues to improve, he, he, he'll, be in, uh, he'll definitely be on the bench. Whether whether he can dislodge Connor is another matter. Mm. Um, out wise, yeah, Dan Bigger was excellent today. Uh, really, really, again, huge improvement on his first on his first show, and then he was unfortunate to have the HIA, of course, mm. which which curtailed his involvement before, but. But uh, yeah, he, he he certainly upped his game. Johnny did too. Yeah, he needed to to show uh, what he can do when he came off the bench for Dan uh, on Saturday, and he he showed a degree of control that we're we're used to. Uh, I still think Owen looks like he's the man, uh, unless unless Warren decides to go with, with Owen and Johnny and that count ten twelve axis. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the wingers um, and the back three seems to be a bit of a position, not not of weakness, but. Uh, the wingers have come in for a bit of criticism today following uh, the defeat to the Highlanders. Um, yeah. They've said, obviously, Stuart Hogg's toy is unfortunately over with that eye injury or the, the, the facial bone injury, as it's called, that he picked up. Um, they've said that they're not going to call somebody up right now, but given the performances of the wingers today, um, would you... One man I'm thinking of right now is Simon Zebo, because he can co- obviously yeah. he can cover wing, he can cover fullback. And and he's got that little bit of X factor that that perhaps the tour has been missing at the moment. So, if you were Simon Zebo, would you be sitting next to your phone on, on tour with Ireland right now? He says he isn't, but I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but uh, I, uh, I determinedly I, I was determined not to to wave the tricolor too too much here. But yeah, I, I I think he's exactly the man that's required. I think across the back three. We've looked in trouble mm. so far. I think that's been the weak, the weakness of the of uh, both the midweek and the and the weekend sides. Um, I thought today Tommy Seymour okay got the try, but it really it put a gloss on a, on a on a poor performance in the air. He ironically scored the try because because of his aerial prowess, but it was kind of put in the plate for him. I think. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, he, he looked poor. Jack Noel has, has had a poor tour. Uh, been off to a bad start, and I think today was his chance to to turn it around, and it didn't happen at all for him. Um, Jared Kane, uh, he was a bit of a mixed bag. I think he, he 
defensively very very good, but he drops he drops balls when when you know uncontested. Um, so yeah, I, I think yeah, somebody like Simon has that X factor. He has the ability to beat players. He can tackle. Uh, he's a good kicker. Love to see him there. To be honest, I I, I do think it's a it's a weakness the back three. It's, it's certainly of concern to Warren and, and his team. Mm. A lot at the moment is being made of the Lions' discipline, um, particularly when they have the Southern Hemisphere referees. I think they've been up into double figures in in penalty terms in, in three of their first four matches. Um, and Warren Gatland is, is blaming some of the defeats on that as well, and you, you could see that again this morning. Is that a bit of a concern heading into the Test Series? Because obviously the last thing you need to be doing against the All Blacks is, is giving them easy territory. Yeah, I, I think they have to. They really have to get used very quickly to this relentless pressure that's coming from all the, the New Zealand sides. Um, I think we saw it today in the second half. They, they just dropped it. They dropped. They dropped the discipline for maybe ten, fifteen minutes there, the crucial time, and and uh, the Highlanders took full advantage. Um, yeah, they they have to be on it the whole time. And, and I think you know in previous stories on midweek games or whatever they could have got away with it with, with little little lapses little dips in concentration and focus and you could see out there they have to be on it because these teams are on it for 80 minutes and um, yeah I'm sure I'm sure behind the scenes Warren and his team are, are hammering that up, that point home but it, uh, they're learning by bitter experience the, I mean the, the one good thing about what we're seeing is they're really getting tested in every game um, so I mean if you want to if you want to take the, the half class full full uh, view of it at least by the time they get to the 24th uh, for that first test they're going to be battle hardened and hopefully sharpened up in, in terms of discipline mm. um, Just based on what you were saying earlier then are you expecting um, a largely test team to face the Maori on Saturday? Yeah I think Warren speaks about keeping one or two things in reserve and, and uh, of course that's, that's what he should do but he really got. He really has to have his guys on the pitch that that uh, he's going to look to in Auckland, and they're going to have to take some time together, uh, get get used to each other, and uh, they need game time. Um, so I, yeah, you would imagine he's going to play thirteen, perhaps fourteen of of the guys he's going to go with. Um, you'd imagine Steve Hansen, being the the wily coach that he is, will will himself know at this stage nearly what Warren's test team is going to be. I mean, they're still one or two players who can possibly make their way in there. I know Duncan O'Callaghan uh, did that uh, the last time out. He ended up being on the, on the bench for the test games uh, on the basis of coming in late and, and showing what he could do. And, and perhaps maybe Simon Zero could do that. Yeah. But, um, I, I, yeah, we've just lacked a little bit um, so far. So maybe maybe it will come to, to one or two players coming in from, from outside to, to add that little bit of sparkle. Yeah, that said, then is how important is it that they get a win uh, on Saturday? Just purely, if, if you want, from a confidence basis for for that test team. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of there's a lot of doom and gloom about about uh, the Crusaders game, and and that really lit up the tour. Um, it was a, it's a shame they weren't able to back it up, but I suppose when, on, on reflection, the Highlanders have an excellent uh, uh, winning sequence themselves nine games in a row and they've, they've been kind of uh, very similar to, to what we saw in Dunedin they've been kind of uh, eking out wins uh, later on and, and uh, so you know they're a very good team and um, I think had we lost on Saturday and then lost 
today as well, it would have been really poor, being three three hundred on the trot, and we would have been in crisis. What we're seeing is very close games. We're seeing a lot of chance. We're, we're seeing opportunities being missed by the Lions to put teams away, which is, which is the huge concern. I think defensively we'd be better. The, the Islanders asked more questions than than the Crusaders did. Uh, but again, I think if you look at the, at the quality of, of the team we had out on Saturday, um, I think that that tells the story. And I think um, it, the defence for that test, the team that looks like it's going to be the test team, that looks looks solid. It's now about taking attacking chances. And if we if we start seeing that, then uh, we might even give them a chance in, in the test series. Okay, that feels like a good place to to leave it for this week, uh, Michael. As always, great to speak to you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the Tap and Go podcast. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. So that's all for this week's podcast, folks. The Lions will now head north to Rotorua, where they face the New Zealand Maori, before going to Waikato to face the Chiefs ahead of the big first test in Auckland against the All Blacks. There's been plenty going on on this tour so far, as we've been discussing throughout, and there'll be plenty more to come as we start building up now to that big first test against New Zealand. And of course, we'll be chatting about all of it on the Tap and Go podcast.